Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and our guest today is the fabulous and inspirational Jane Morris. Welcome. Amazing. Thank you, Jane, for giving your time to us this evening. And we're going to find out all about you um, very, very shortly. And we're super excited to find all the exciting things that you've been doing. But first, as always, we celebrate the kids. So, Sandra, I'm going to pass over to you to celebrate the kids first. Which kids are you going to celebrate? I, mean, I had the best time ever yesterday morning doing voluntary work for An Hour for Others, a local charity. And there's a fabulous doctor who I'm hoping is coming on the show next week, Hayley Tate. And she did all these vegan recipes and things with the kids that were just amazing. And but she did she did Spanish food, Spanish vegan. So I, I did Spanish language with them and we had a great time. And Kev was there from an hour we founded an hour for others and Susie Kane. And we just had a ball and the kids were brilliant and they worked really hard. And it was just the most rewarding morning going. And the three hours just went like that. And it was such a good thing to do. And they were all absolutely brilliant. Oh, well done to the little people. And, and I know for others have been our guests, haven't they, in the past, yeah, um, Kevin yeah. and... Um, and Jill. And Jill, yeah. My, my blank then, because you said Susie. I was thinking, it's not Susie, it's Jill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Kevin and Jill were, um, were on our show. Um, so Jane, I know you've got some little people that you want to give a shout out to. Give a shout out to the little people. Yeah, all those, these aren't little, as little people, they would consider themselves as young adults, I guess. But um I read a story actually about a group of boys aged 13 who'd gone um, bike riding on their BMXs um, and actually got into a lot of trouble and one of the boys actually really hurt himself and they were like miles away from anywhere. It was just outside of Liverpool in St Helens um, and the boys acted, the friends, they acted so well and they looked after the boy, they rang 999, they took all the instructions, you know, and they they stopped him from bleeding and they held him in the right way until the air ambulance came um, and then he got took away. Um, so I thought they were amazing for actually keeping cool and, and actually helping their friends, you know. So uh, shout out to them definitely this week. Amazing. Well, well done. And so we've got a few little listeners in. So uh, Jan Railton um, says hello, ladies. We say hello back to Jan. Um, and Margaret Bell says hi, Jane. So Margaret Bell must know Jane. And Jane's giving you a wave there, Margaret. Oh. Um, so I'm going to give a massive, massive shout out to um, the Penny Lane Community Trust where we were today. Sandra and I were both there today. And two weeks ago we were there and we got absolutely drenched didn't oh, because yeah. the weather was shocking. Yeah. But today we were fortunate that the weather was good. Um, and we had, yeah. there must have been 50, maybe 50 children there. Um, and we played footy, we played the imagination games, we had whack-a-ball, they had storytelling, then the ice cream man come and they all got, and Granby talks of trust um, a brilliance and it's it's all collaboration with a few different partners who've all um, come together and they got a fruit bag and um, it was just lovely to, to see them all and, and they all engaged and some of the grown-ups joined in, which is uh, which we loved and we would love the grown-ups joining in as well. So thank you to Penny Lane and we're there again next week, so hopefully we'll see some more um, faces and, and some little people, so that'll be great. So success this week, and we're going to start with you, Jane, because I know you've had an amazing success this week. So share your success with us. Yeah, so this week I've um, concluded a project with a client. Um, obviously, I can't go into too much detail, but, it, you know, when you deliver something that you've been working on with a team for a long time um, and it actually, you know, ends and ends well. Um, so that was great. So we kind of finished that on, you know, sort of Monday. We wrap things up. And then tomorrow I'm going out to see another client that I'm starting a new project with. Um, and that will take me on, you know, for a couple of months working with them. So it feels quite successful this week to, you know, finish that one nicely and then start the next one. Brilliant. Brilliant. Go on, Stan. Um, my successes this week. Well, my success, the biggest success is the same as your success, Helen. And I think it's, you should share it. Okay, it's a shared success. So after over about 17, 18 months of looking for premises, really, from all through the lockdown, trying to find new space and everything, we finally got some premises and it's hilarious because they're in the building where we first looked, just a different space in the Baltic where we where we very first looked and said, yeah, that looks brilliant. We'll go there because our good friend Brian Quinn, who's been on it, told us about it. And we've literally gone full circle. It's just mental all over the city, every area, everywhere. So we're so happy we've uh, finally signed somewhere. 
and we're going to start taking furniture over tomorrow, which I'm ecstatic about. So that's great. Yeah, and that's and, and my my success is with with Sandra's as well because we both uh, we signed on the dotted line, um, which is just amazing because we've now got a base, haven't we? And hopefully things are yeah. starting to move. So Lou, which is our interactive playground, and you know we've been able to take whack a ball and imagination games out, which was lovely. You know we we took them out today. We had more people playing on them. We took them to Norris Green Park yesterday with kinship carers, um. So things are starting to move, and it's just lovely, and everybody's really enthusiastic, aren't they, about moving and getting things going again which is lovely lovely because we've missed everybody so much but margaret bell says well done jane that's amazing so she's like your big fan so we're going to give you a, a clap for that <laughs> thanks <one>. margaret <laughs> so we're going to get a little bit we're going to know no we're going to start again we're going to find out a little bit more about jane and we're going to play this or that so sandra are you going first or am i going first you go first hal this week okay so i'm going to say to sandra first okay facebook or twitter Oh, okay. Completely different platforms, though. Facebook, because I keep in touch with friends, and you know I live down in London and I worked down there for years, so I've got friends from the airlines who lived in Manchester and in London, all the rest of it, and people people who live abroad. I'm friendly with and everything, so it's a great way for me for keeping in touch and people share photos and stuff like that. Twitter's really good if there's a crisis, if you've lost your luggage. If you need anything, because you, if you can't get through or anything to a company and you tweet them, they will respond, which is great. And you can also have a pop at a politician. So when Lord Digby Jones criticised poor Alex Scott for dropping her G when listing sports as a linguist, I was straight in there and told him. And to my delight, Stephen Fry tweeted him as well and told him how ignorant he was. And Stephen Fry is a is equally a what you know a polyglot he's multilingual all the rest of it so i like twitter for that if i had to choose between the two facebook because i keep in touch with friends that way perfect and jane over to you absolutely facebook honestly and you know my facebook i only have my real friends on facebook um so i don't have anybody i don't already know yeah, so yeah. Big, you know unless i've already been out with them or whatever and a bit like Sandra, really, I keep in touch with people in Bristol, where I used to live, and up in Scotland, where friends of mine have moved away, um, and also locally as well. And it's great to see what your friends are doing and see them having a good time. Um, but I do think social media generally needs to be, you know, taken with a pinch of salt, um, especially with the young ones and the little people. Um, you need to be careful because they say that happy people post things and sad people scroll on things. Okay. So you've got all the happy people saying, look at me, I'm having a great time. And all the sad people who, you know, are sitting there lonely in their little bedroom or whatever, think everyone else is just having a good time all the time. And of course, that's not always true. Yeah. Um, so. And you know, Jane, that's a really valid point. But even if you are a happy person, so if you have a normal life or whatever, you post nice, positive things, usually speaking. So I don't I don't post photos of myself when I'm full of cold or, you know, I've got flu mm. or I'm poorly or something bad. You know, I, no, I or something every now and then you do. I think I was, when I was broken in two years ago, I put something on about that and stuff. But generally you do try and keep it positive, I think. But it doesn't mean that negative things aren't happening in your life. You just choose not to share them, you know, and a lot of people don't realise that. They take everything at face value, don't they? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and I think I think for me as well. I think I'd go Facebook. So this is live on Facebook. You know what I mean? We're not live on Twitter <laughs> and YouTube. Um, but I think Facebook, um, as a bigger, especially for my business, Facebook is um is great because we can you know we can share what we've been doing and we can share what you know all things that happen and stuff. And um, but Twitter is amazing, as as Sandra was saying. You know, if, if something's happened or you find something out, and and I know lots of people you know use Twitter more than. Um, Facebook and stuff like that. Okay, so over to you. Okay, uh, skiing holiday or beach holiday, Jane? Oh, wow. Can't I have both? <laughs> I thought you'd been skiing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love to ski. Um, so, first I started skiing years ago um, 
I went out with a boyfriend and uh, he was a great skier and he said, oh, you know, if you want to be my girlfriend, you've got to learn to ski. And I said, okay, then I'm up for that. And uh, he took me to America skiing. So um, it was great. It was, he taught me to ski and it was fab. So always skied after that. And where did um, you ski in America, Jane? We went to Utah. Oh, wow. Um, so Park City, um, yeah, so it was great. No no queues. No queues, no. No, no. queues, amazing. Uh, and we went to Canada a few times as well, to Whistler and Banff. And, oh, how so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. And I love Austria, actually. Austria is like my favourite place to ski. Oh. Um, but you can't beat the sun, can you? You know, mm. I mean, a few cocktails, a bit of a swim, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I probably have to say sun. If, if I'm looking at the holidays I've had recently, I've been to the sun um, and I'm off to Dubai in September. So, um, Oy, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So you can do both there because they've got a snow dome on the beach, I think. There you go. Yeah. Do, do some, um, you can do them on the slopes as well, can't you? You go like boarding on the slopes, can't you? Um, yeah. Um, I'd go skiing. I'd go skiing. I, I absolutely love it. And um, the greatest is when you're at the top of the mountain and it's sunny and you've got your shorts on. Uh, your short sleeve t-shirt on and your sunglasses, baseball cap. I remember, I always remember that was my favourite um, skiing down in Italy. Um, well, you amazing. You can really catch the sun when you go skiing as well. Yeah, you only get it to there though, don't you? On where your sun is. Yeah, but I think, and I think it's such a good way to start the year. You know, if you go in January, it's so yeah. nice, but it's been so yeah. long. I am a diabolical skier actually, Jane, because I'm a very clumsy person, but I love it. I do enjoy it, you know, and I just think it's dead nice. I'm looking forward to doing something like that again you know so our guest who was on a couple of weeks ago the fabulous peter lloyd is listening in and he says evening guys good to see you jane jane's getting all the credit today so well done <laughs> um, Hi, <Peter. laughs> so okay whilst running or walking okay so when, when you go out for a run or, or you go out for a walk music or podcasts what do you listen to um jane music music yeah um i do run um we'll probably talk about running later but i run very short distances and i can't do it without my music um and i have the same tunes on right so this will make you laugh one of the tunes i have on is eye of the tiger you know yes <laughs> you know from rocky going on there yeah <laughs> but you run faster and jump higher when you listen to that <laughs> but you know i don't run fast I think I do because I've got Eye of the Tiger on, but I'm not really running that fast. But, yeah, motivational though. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Uh, music. If I, I do, let you know, I listen to audio books constantly, and I do listen to podcasts. But if I'm walking quickly, because I don't run, Jane, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if I'm walking quickly, I listen to music because it does quicken up your pace. And when I live by the cathedral, I used to walk from the office over in. Um, Cotton Exchange, so it was a good walk home, you know, and it was nice bit of Stevie Wonder, something like that, you know, old stuff to get going quickly. I love all of that. So yeah. I don't listen to either when I, I go out for a run. So I don't do music or any. Occasionally, I'll 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 do a bit of podcast. I might I might put a podcast on, but I like to run and listen to nothing. So I like to just be out there, and, and I always find that you know you can listen to the sounds around you and things, and and I like to run, um, you know, in the trees and in the woods and things like that, and I like to listen to like the birds singing and 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 things like that. So I actually don't like running with 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 anything in, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm probably maybe maybe one of the the only ones now who doesn't listen to anything when they're running. No, Peter um, Lloyd, who's he, he's training for the London Marathon, isn't he? Um, and I think he listens to. I think he said music when he was when he was running because he, he, he always has his uh, his beats on, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. um, okay, Sam, over to you. Okay. <clears throat> Sewing or cooking, Jane? Oh, that's a tough one because I'm not very good at either. That's okay. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent most of my life in the office, you know. <laughs> um. I do do a, a good Sunday dinner, so I've been told. Yeah, a good. piece of pork and some roast potatoes. I think that's my signature dish. Well, that's um, Everyone loves a roast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's my favourite dinner of all times, a roast dinner. Um, I'd go cooking as well because I'm hopeless at sewing, and my mum does all my sewing, so 
and now Sandra can do sewing as well. So don't worry about it, Jane. Just take it to Sandra's or my mum's. You're all right. <laughs> I have the time, Jane, honestly. <laughs> what would you go, Sam? Because you're a wizard both. I cook it all the time. I enjoy sewing, but I don't get the chance much. But when I really sit down and sew, I really love it. And I love wearing the garments I've made as well. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to finding time to do that. Because I've had two patterns cut out for about three months now. <laughs> and you did a lot of sewing during lockdown, didn't you, son, of the masks and uh, oh, yeah, scrubs and things, didn't you? On, yeah, that was because they needed them in the hospital, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last one for me. Um, would you rather be a passenger or the driver? Um, Sandra. Driver. I love driving. Yeah. Jane. Mm. Well, I and I drive a lot, so mm -hmm. when I get the chance to, I ask if I can be the passenger. Oh, that's nice for a rest. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like being a passenger sometimes, but I do also like driving as well. So, hundred yeah. percent driving for me. I hate being a passenger. Yes. Yeah, I don't like being a passenger. I'd rather just drive. Yeah, I get car sick, but when I drive, I don't. So anywhere else, I, 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 I don't. Um, so so I like to just drive. Yeah, yes. And and I, I'm I'm the same. I like driving. I can drive for hours and things like that. Okay, Sam, last one. Okay. Um, night at the theatre, or night in um in a bar in a club. Oh, oh gosh. Um. Well, I do love the theatre and I've missed it. You know, I haven't been, you know, none of us have been, have we really, for ages. Um, I'm actually going to the ballet tomorrow night. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so I'm excited about that, yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I like a nice drink and a bit of a disco, you know, sort of. I'm not sure. I mean, my kids go to clubs and they don't come in until six o'clock in the morning. So oh, no. that's not that's not sort of, you know, <laughs> but a, a music bar, you know, then I'm there. Yeah. Mm. So, um, but if I had to pick, yeah, probably the probably the club at the end of the day, because it's much more social. Yeah. Um. So I'd like to go to the theatre and then finish the night off in a bar. <laughs> and stop. Good answer. And start at a restaurant. And start at the restaurant. Yeah. Brilliant night out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I love the theatre as well. And um, but I do love the the bars and the you know and, and stuff like that. And I quite like the club until six o'clock in the morning as well. Um, no, I can't. Bad one. <laughs> Go on, Sam. <laughs> no, you love Come in at five in the morning. Go to sleep and be in work for half eight. I don't know how, how did that even happen. Yeah. yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> to get over that now, honestly, the thought of that. Um, what would you well, rather do, Sam? I like going out for dinner. Like, that wasn't the choice, was it? I gave you theatre or clubs. Um, I've missed the theatre loads, you know. I really have missed. I think mm -hmm. if I say an absence, I've missed theatre definitely more than that. And when I was young, obviously, I was clubbing all the time, but it's not my thing now. I'm happy to go for a meal with friends and things and maybe and go for a drink somewhere. And I do love music. Yeah. But if I had to pick between the two forever, it'd be theatre. Yeah, I think I think the two forever, I'd probably pick theatre as well. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. Okay, so we know a little bit more about Jane now. So I met Jane on Monday, and it was the first time that I'd met Jane, but a good um contact friend of ours, Steele Lee, rang me and he said. I know this woman called Jane and she'd be amazing for your show. So I was like, right, okay, brilliant. So Jane and I met up and we had a cup of tea and uh, had a lovely chat and we were there for, for, for a while and, and getting to know each other and stuff. And Jane's got an amazing story. Okay, so she worked for a big, big corporate, flew all around um, Europe and the world and things like that, um, and then decided to leave the corporate world behind and come to the self-employed dark side mm -hmm. with us. Yeah. Um, after seeing, you know, of the, of the work-life balance and did it all sort of in the last 18 months, which has been a tricky time for anybody to change um, and make that big, big decision to change to becoming self-employed anyway. And not only has she done that, she's also become um, an on-exec director at the Lydia Learning Trust and 
she also ran 100k in March for a fundraiser. So we're going to start talking, Jane, about your life as a so you are a HR consultant now, and mm -hmm. um, so we're going to talk about how the corporate HR um, then went into how you became self-employed. So we're going to hand it over to you, and then Sandra and I will just chip in and ask you some questions as we go along. Yeah, so. sure. Sure. Well, two minutes on um, something people asked me about is, you know, why did you decide to go into HR? Um, and, you know, I don't think I, you know, sort of sat at school and thought, oh, I think I'll be a HR director. Yeah. Um, but um, I was very fortunate to have very supportive parents and a nice structured family home. Um, but when I was 10, my family took me to live in South Africa and it was the end of the 1970s. And there was something going on there called apartheid. Uh, of course. Um, which was racial segregation. Yeah. So as a 10 year old, I got on the plane in London, you know, or, you know, in my life. And yeah. then got off in South Africa and it was a different world. And not a world that I, any of us in my family thought was, was great, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So it was great weather, great beaches. Um, and the rest of it was pretty shocking to be honest um so we only stayed there about a year or so and then we came home again oh uh, right but during that um during that period you know i learned from a young age about um things like you know unfair discrimination mm -hmm. and you know why we should treat people equally and what happens if we don't um how it can damage people um and how it can wreck society and it kind of sat with me i didn't realize it did when i was 10 but you know anyway i came back and i came back just in time to go to secondary school and um in where we lived in the in the you know the sort of town we lived in um you had to go to school by where you lived so there was none of this now where you can go where you like so we had two schools one was really good and one was pretty poor so the really good one was oversubscribed. So I went to the other one because I just landed from South Africa and went to this other one. And our head teacher was an amazing woman because she had two jobs. She was a judge as well as a head teacher. But that meant she was always in course and she was never in school. <laughs> and this is where I learned about the power of leadership. But, you know, if it's not right at the top, if you haven't got a good leader at the top, the rest of it yeah. crumbles. And we had some great teachers who really tried, you know, and tried to give us a good education. Um, but really, the school was pretty chaotic. Um, and I left school at 16 and got what they call now an apprenticeship, mm -hmm. like a graduate apprenticeship. Um, so they let me go to college one day a week. Okay. Um, and I did my degree and I did my master's in HR from there, really. Um, and I think, you know, that was kind of the grounding was where I learned about two things. One was about treating people right and correctly and fairly. And the other was about, you know, the power of leadership and, you know, how, you know, organisations can be good um, or not good, depending on, you know, how you run. Really. Um, and I just felt like HR was the place to make a difference. And that's how I ended up in HR. Um, and I was... Uh, ferociously, ferociously ambitious um, and uh, sort of, you know, spent all my time working. My friends at the time, who I'm still friends with now, that I met when I was 16 in my first job, um, they said, you know, we don't want to talk about work on a Friday night when we go out, so can you, you know, you think it's fab, but we think it's boring. So, you know. <laughs> Um, and I ended up, you know, sort of climbing the corporate ladder, basically, to, uh, to you know, HR director in some big sort of financial places and shipping companies. So that was kind of my career sort of path, really. Um, and then, as you say, Helen, um, the last three years of corporate life, I spent travelling around Europe, helping other leadership teams and other HR directors manage their people and improve their performance. Um, and then I felt like I'd sort of gone as far as I wanted to go in corporate life. Um, there was, I, I was away for nearly every week for three years, yeah. away from home, away from my children. I couldn't commit to anything. I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't say to people, oh, yeah, I can go out for drinks on a Wednesday night or I can go to an aerobics class. Or, And then the weekends, you know, was so busy with everything that I couldn't do in the week. 
and obviously spending time with the children. Um, and both my parents have been self-employed. So um, although they'd encouraged me to go into corporate life, because mm -hmm. uh, I think they thought it was easier, you get a paycheck every month, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's easy. Um, but actually, I had a, quite a few friends that are self-employed and I just thought, now's the time for me to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, so 18 months ago, I stepped off the corporate ladder and jumped into the pond of uh, self-employment and uh, I haven't looked back, actually. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. So when you became self-employed, was it just before lockdown, just during, was it? Yeah, about um, January 2020. Yeah. 2020, yeah. 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 And then, of course, we would never have believed that we would have had this pandemic and, that, you know, that the world would have shut down. And um, yeah. I think stepping from a corporate where you were looked after sort of thing into the, into the world of self-employed. So how did that feel? Yeah. Well, it was really strange. One of the one of the strange things about it as well was the fact that um, I, when, I, as, when I was at work, because I'd worked in my last company for 10 years, I actually had a global network. You know, mm -hmm. people knew me across the world. I had friends in yeah. Africa and America and everywhere. And uh, suddenly I had no friends. Yeah. I had no, you know, sort of, um, yeah. I had no colleagues. Yeah. You know, no one to ring up or no one to work in a team with or anything like that. Um, and that was when I started networking then, so that I could just get that team back again. Yeah. Um, and then all that I knew in terms of HR, all the things that, you know, had been important, things like um, recruitment and pay reviews and contracts and things like that, they became unimportant. So we started hearing words like furlough and clinically vulnerable and isolation and nobody knew what to do with these words yeah you know so whereas i wanted to promote myself as you know hr expert um i couldn't really because nobody was an expert in this sort of stuff yeah <laughs> so um we were all sort of learning together really um and obviously the the, the best way to learn is to actually keep informed and to keep in touch with people who are you know, at the forefront of, of information. Mm -hmm. So I made sure I kept in touch with big employment law firms that I was used to working with. So they were handing down the precedents around what was happening. Um, and also health and safety advisors as well, you know, because they were coming at it from the health and safety view. Yeah. Uh, and also just watching the news because Boris kept changing his mind, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> just round the edges. <laughs> <laughs> say this on a Tuesday and he'd say that on a Thursday you know and he'd be like oh you know I just told on a Wednesday someone to do yeah. something and that was changed yeah so um it, you had to run fast we all did we all had to run fast um and some of it you just had to be sensible about decisions yeah you know so you've got somebody that's in a situation where you know somebody in their home is ill with Covid or suspected Covid yeah. um okay let's just be sensible Let's treat people fairly, but let's make sure that we also treat people correctly so that we don't have people just not working because, you know, they just think, oh, I'd rather spend the day at home. Um, yeah. mm. Lots of support needed for parents around homeschooling. Um, you know, one minute they're in school, next minute they're getting sent home again. Yeah, um, it must have been a nightmare. So so that was uh that was very interesting. Uh, it was a very interesting time to jump off, you know, the springboard into the big pond and uh, realise that actually, you know, the pond was actually bigger than you thought and much deeper. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, it's been great. And you know what they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And when, when we were talking, we were talking about, um, you know, the work-life balance and lots and lots of people think, um, we'll probably look at you, you know, traveling around Europe and staying in these places and think, wow, you know, what an amazing lifestyle. Um, and we were talking about, you know, one of the reasons why you, you um, sort of decided, you know, to work for yourself was that you could, you know, create your own diary, couldn't you? You know, so if you wanted to be off on a Wednesday afternoon because you had something um, and, and, that, and we were talking about tennis lessons and things like that, mm. weren't we? Because uh, you've started playing tennis now, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I have. And my favourite time of the week is Monday morning. You know, the time everyone hates. I love it. Because I, I used to have Monday morning, I used to be up at four and on my way to the Air Force, four o'clock at the Air Force. Now, 
Monday's my lying day a little bit from a work point of view. I just get up about eight, you know, and have a cup of tea. And I still think now, not in the airport, you know. Um, <laughs> but I have been able to do my tennis lessons and um, play with, with my ladies, you know. Um, and I spent like all my life going, oh, you know, the ladies who lunch, you know. Well, now I can be a lady who lunches when I want to. Yeah. Um, as long as I'm meeting the client expectations and I'm managing things, then I can schedule lunch and I don't have to feel guilty about that because um, I can just do it. So it's great. Yeah, really, really good. You manage your own diary even more. I mean, you probably did when you work for a company, but, you know, you really are much more in control of your own diary, aren't you, when you work for yourself? Yeah, because being being abroad is great. So I enjoyed meeting everybody, the cultures, the different, you know, way of doing things. Yeah. Um, and I always say the first year I did it, it was a bit scary. The second year I enjoyed it. But by the third year, those Monday mornings were getting tough, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you do go out for dinner with people, but if you're there four or five nights, um, you do spend a lot of time on your own as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you're in a hotel room and the lighting's never very good in a hotel room, is it? No, I no. always think they must think everyone's there on a romantic break or something. <laughs> you know? What about us who are trying to work? You know, because <laughs> I teach languages and I have some clients from their away with work and they'll say, Well, I'm awake, can we do one and I'll hook in on Zoom or what have you, or as we used to do before the um the pandemic we do um like a messenger video something like that and we we do it that way um or whatsapp etc facetime and um they are always dimly lit in the in the hotels you're quite right and they look mm -hmm. they look great you know when you're teaching and that so yeah. and you probably work more don't you, you know because you sort of yeah. you know you think oh well, i've got nothing to do i may as well sit here and do some work you know so you probably don't have as much downtime because um but, but people do think you know when they see you flying around that you've got a glamorous lifestyle but i do think you know your tennis lessons and your ladies luncheon and stuff is super super important and during it um during was it during lockdown or just before that somebody approached you didn't you to, to be um the non-exec director yeah it was it was um yeah it was just at the start of lockdown actually yeah so um somebody approached me to go on the board and um i i was interested in doing that for two reasons from a personal point of view in terms of um i'm used to being in the boardroom um and I like the structure of the boardroom. I kind of, you know, grew up, and and I know that I can challenge and I can set strategy, and I can work, you know, at that level without getting too much into the detail, which is what you need to do when you sit on the board. Um, but also, I like the idea of it being a school, um, two schools, um, because education for me has always been important since I went to that school where I had to fight, you know, to to learn things. Um, and yeah. it's always been high on the agenda to give people an opportunity to be educated. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be good at everything, but every child has got something that they, they're good at or they like doing. Yeah. And great teachers bring that out, you know. Um, and so the, the board, um, you know, is there to provide that environment um, for the teachers and for the kids. Um, so one of the schools that um, I look after, you know, is, is when I say look after, I'm on the board of, um, is, you know, a, a very solid Ofsted, you know, sort of outstanding or good school. And the other one has got much more disadvantaged children in. Um, and so, you know, we're always trying to find ways to um, keep, um, keep them interested in coming to school, actually, because mm. um, a lot of them have got um, well, not a lot. Some of them have got issues at home that keep them at home. Um, or they've got, you know, family that aren't as supportive, maybe, of them going to school. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't really mind if they go to school or not. Um, or, you know, they've just got all the pressures, really, and it takes their mind away from their education. Um, so, you know, trying to encourage everybody to take the opportunity to learn and to be happy. Um, in school, whether they're doing PE, maths, you know, whatever they're doing, whatever they like doing, at least, you know, to be there and to develop and learn and be happy. Um, 
So I thought, right, this will be an opportunity for me to use my skills in the boardroom to bring something back to, to people where I can, really. Um, and, uh, and it's great. And I love even the challenges over lockdown where, you know, we've had kids at home who haven't had laptops and we've um, we've had to find money to pay, you know, for, for laptops and move things around, you know, to, to, to suit online learning. And the teachers have been great, you know, um, sort of designing teaching programmes for the kids. And um, some kids who didn't come to school as much actually did join in on the online because, you know, they can do that from home. So they can still be at home for the reasons they need to be at home, but yeah. they can join in on the online as well. Um, so it's been successful, actually, in, in, in for some people. In cases. Yeah, it's funny how um, people, you it just shows in times of crisis, you can change things, can't you? And we can adapt and things, and, and children are a lot more adaptable. Um, although it, it is challenging, and I think that period of time, it very much highlighted the discrepancy between people. I don't think a lot of society realised how many homes didn't have internet access. Because mm -hmm. if you have broadband in your house, as we all do when we're working and things like that, you make the assumption everyone has it and everyone doesn't have it. Or someone might have four children, they've got access to one device, like a tablet or a phone, and the four kids in different year groups trying it can't have all have lessons at once. And I think a lot of people hadn't realised the extent of this. And I think it flagged it up massively, you know, to the governments as well. And I know there were lots of charities helping people, getting people laptops as well, and then schools having to buy them, as you've said, you know, and it'd be quite challenging. But having been a teacher myself, all I could think of was the one, the teachers who were teaching online, doing live lessons and had their own kids at home. And oh, yeah. there was a clip on YouTube, I think it was, or Facebook, and this poor teacher and she's trying to teach and her partner went past in his undies and she was like, ah, what's going on? Section issue, uh, you name it. It just like she just went, oh, and she just put her head in her hands like that and ran off, you know. And then another one, the kids were, and I just thought, oh my goodness, you know, how stressful for them all, the poor teachers over it. Um, and we were talking that about um so there's lots of you know summer camps and holiday camps and things like that and we were talking about feeding the children you know so lots of the um you know they're giving out um food parcels and and, and fruit mm -hmm. bags and things and granby toxas where and penny lane where we were today you know all the kids come and they'll get a bag of fruits to go home with and um and the half fund has been amazing you know that's been given out to lots and lots of different places to encourage them to come out and you know to be active and and, and to feed them and, and and all the other things isn't it and i think to become a, a non-exec director sort of during lockdown again you've become self-employed and become a non-exec director and we go into lockdown isn't it you know um is that your corporate training do you think or is that your um is it just who you are how, how you've been able to get yourself through or, or yeah how have you managed yeah. that well i think um i as i said earlier i'm quite ambitious which there's a difference between ambitious and competitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're competitive, you just like to beat other people. But if you're ambitious, then you set yourself goals, don't you? And you're not really bothered what the rest are doing. Um, so so I'm quite ambitious. So I think, right, what am I going to do? You know, right, I want to be, I'm going to be self-employed. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I did do it through my corporate life. You know, I'd sit there and think, right, where's my next promotion? What do I need to learn to get there? You know, what do we need to, how do we need to perform in my job? Because only if you're a good performer, you get promoted. Um, and it was never about money because money just comes with that. You know, um, it's just, you know, I'll do the best I can, then I'll get promoted and then I'll do the best I can and then I'll get promoted. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how it went, really. Um, the, because in corporate life, the higher up you are, the more influence you've got, the more good you can do. Mm -hmm. um so you know it used to frustrate me when i was at the bottom and i would think god i'd do this so different if i was at the top you know um so uh so and i guess the same is you know with me moving into self-employment it's like right how do i need to make this work how am i going to make it work you know um and then just trying different things and some work and some don't 
Um, and then just making sure you get up every morning, you know, have a cup of tea and some breakfast and then get on that laptop or get on that phone or whatever it is that you're doing for the day. Um, and always remember, if you're not enjoying it, then, you know, you need to be doing something else, really. 100%. But I love that. I love that the difference between, like, is uh, ambitious and competitive. I, 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 lo I love that. I've never really thought of that because I'm, like, mega, mega competitive. Um, and and we, we were laughing. So Danny Clark, who was one of our guests, he, he does um, a leadership training course. And I was on his course last week and um, we were talking about it. And I would say that I'm the least aggressive person ever because I'm like dead chilled and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't get any ag or anything like that. And then when he was talking about it, I thought, oh, I think I'm like really quite aggressive. You know, um, but I think it's the competitiveness in me. I need to win. You know, I've, so I. I would see it as me being competitive, whereas probably others could say, like, oh, no, she's quite aggressive because it's like, oh, we're doing it this way. But that's my <laughs> competitiveness. So I think maybe I need to start to learn to be slightly more ambitious than competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that. That's a good analogy, that competitive. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Cool. Well, it's, Amazing. It's, it's, easier. it's easier to be ambitious because you set your own standards, you know. Yes. So I think I'll be. So you could be, your ambition could be to be second, you know. Yeah. And then if you're second, then you're quite happy because you came second. Yeah, because um, you've already set it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, but, I like that. Well, you know, most people who are successful do set themselves, you know, high sort of standards or goals or, um, and, um, you know, if you look at some of the big entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, love him or hate him, he's had a go at some massive projects, hasn't he, in his life. Yeah. And some of them have been a disaster and some of them have made him a fortune. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but every every successful entrepreneur has had some disasters, though. That's part of the way forward, isn't it? Things you know, people you, you get two schools of thought, and people think, oh, well, you could, yeah, but what if it fails? What if it goes wrong? Well, that's okay because then you'll move on and do do something else, you know, or start another thing. It's just part of the learning curve, isn't it? Going through those processes, failure is always yeah. an opportunity. Um, exactly. Do you know what? Do you know what his first business was, Jane? No, I don't actually. Do you, Helen? No. He, um, when he was 15, he bred budgies to sell and they died. <laughs> and he said, oh. he realised <laughs> realized not to have perishable stock. That was his first thing. He decided. Very he clever. Him, mm. what, what, not to have perishable stock. Then he had the magazine, but that was he had the book. He bred budgies first of all. Wow, yeah. amazing! So Jane, as well, whilst you've become self-employed and become a non-exec director, um, you also set yourself a challenge in March, didn't you? Mm. So, what was I your did. challenge in March? What was your motive to do it, Jane? Yeah. So, um, my dad died of cancer about twelve years ago. So, um. As you know, I, I mentioned slightly earlier, I, I don't run. I run, the maximum I run is 5K and I run it, you know, from time to time, a couple of times a month or something like that. I'll do it to keep fit with my music. And um, I just thought we were, we were sort of still in lockdown and it was my birthday in March and I thought, oh, what am I going to do with my birthday? Well, nothing because no one was doing anything. Um so uh, I thought, oh, I need to do something. And the race for life wasn't going to be on, we didn't think. Mm. So um, it just popped up on my Facebook page uh, that, um, you know, Cancer Research Challenge, you know, why don't you do 100, run 100K in March? And I thought, I could do that because that means I've got to run 5K for 20 days in March. So, um, and it'll keep me fit and it'll give me a goal and, you know, it will make me celebrate my birthday and whatever. So, um, so that's what I did. And then I told some of my um, friends from my network um, that I was doing it and I got sponsored as well. I did just give a page and people mm. gave me cash and things like that. It was great. I raised a thousand pounds. So that was really good. Yeah. research. Um, but one of the guys in the network group, he just lives up the road and he very kindly offered to help me and he does a lot of running. And he said, I'll run with you. And I said, no, because I only do 5K and I'm not very fast. I'm not timing myself, you know. I'm, mm. you know. So he said, no, no. He said, I'll go for me run and then I'll come to your house. I'll pick you up. I'll run you around the block. 
and then I'll drop you off and then I'll carry on on my run again. <laughs> Amazing. How kind. That's so kind, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, shout out to Carl Hamill for uh, keeping yeah. me going because yeah. he used to send me a little message saying, are we running today? And I'd be like, yeah, okay. Even though my legs were killing me from the day before, you know. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go, you know. So Brilliant. Uh, and it is great to sometimes have a running buddy, isn't it? You know, because it does sometimes you think, oh, should I go, shouldn't I? You you wouldn't let the other person down. No. So you know, no. If you, but you might think, you know, if you were going out yourself, I I my dog's my running buddy now because Rach has left me. She's um she's not my left. running buddy. No, no, she, she has left me, she has she no, she's got two little people now and she's look <laughs> <laughs> um, and we will get back to running together again uh, when Charlie's home. But um, when Rachel and I were agreeing to meet each other, we, we ran all the time because, you know, we lived a couple of roads and we, we met and we, we went for our run. Um, and sometimes, you know, it'd be like, oh, I don't really fancy it. Oh, but I'm meeting Rachel, so I've got to go. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when it's um, when you're there yourself, you've really, sometimes you've really got to talk yourself into it, haven't you? Um, and I did a challenge where it was... Um, it was January, wasn't it? Did I run every 5k every day in January or something like that? Yeah, and um, and we'd done our radio show, and I'd looked at the on me, me app or whatever. And um, I think I could write if I ran another eight or nine k or something, I got to another like a, a bigger number, it was like 150 or 200 k or something like that. I thought, oh, I need to do this, and I ended up, yeah, yeah competitive <laughs> finishing the radio. I think I ran in the morning, then mm. did the radio, checked me, th and then went back out again. Didn't I just to do because just yeah. yeah just nuts I yeah, didn't. yeah just you didn't no but that was all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but no I mean to raise a thousand pounds as well is absolutely phenomenal is that it, you know? time with that you know it was difficult wasn't it so yeah, yeah with everybody you know working and stuff like that isn't it a thousand pounds like amazing isn't it you know and uh, and, yeah. and quite a lot of charities have suffered haven't they because they haven't been able to do the events and you know, like the race for life and things so they must have been delighted with that. Yeah. And do you know what was nice? When I was like running, I saw people that I knew and they were like, what are you doing? Because I'm not used to seeing you. And I was like, I'm running for cancer research. And they gave, they'd give me some money. They'd give me like 20 quid or, or what have I got in my pocket, you know. Brilliant. Was, oh, great, you know, I'm nice. So, yeah. yeah. People are just so kind, aren't they? You know, people are just mm -hmm. uh, amazingly kind, aren't they? They really are kind. So, Jane, where do you, do you work from home or do you have an office or what at the minute? Yeah, so I've got an office in Liverpool, but I work mostly from home. So I'm in my home office now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you can see the little um, little sculpture behind me. Of the yes, I was talking about that before, thinking what's yeah. that? What is it? Yeah. She's my colleague. She's my colleague. Oh, right. Yeah. Her so name's Sue. Yeah. Sue. So I talk to Sue, you know, <laughs> when I'm having my tea break and things like that. And, uh, she and makes where's Sue friends. from? Uh, well, actually, I won her in a raffle in Clare House. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought you yeah. were going to say she was from South Africa and I brought her back yeah. and I was waiting for a big tail. <laughs> I'll be honest, it was first prize and the second prize was a Tiffany bracelet. And I was like, oh, can I have the Tiffany bracelet instead? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to get Sue home in a taxi. No. <laughs> What's it made from? Is it stone it's, or wood? It's made from wood. It's made from the bark of a tree. Ah. Yeah. And she's got her eyes closed. She's actually called Serenity. Ah. Yeah. Serenity Sue. So she keeps me calm. Yeah. Very good. I like it. I think it's very nice. I was looking at that before. That's quite nice in the background, isn't it? <laughs> Does she do the invoices? <laughs> Yeah, she's not very good at it though. Yeah. I've got a friend in business and she invents someone because she doesn't like chasing clients who owe her money. And she goes, It's not me, it's Kathy. She's on my back. Another <laughs> <laughs> friend, and she said, Well, I tried to do it, and, and, and it, Kathy chased me. For that. <laughs> was, do you know Kathy? And I went, No, I've not met her. <laughs> So Gertie Robinson's listening today. Um, so she's one of my friends. Um, so yeah, saying hello to Gertie. Yeah, yeah. To Gertie's death. Yeah, so I'm just saying hello to her. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so amazing. 
Um, thank you for sharing your story with us, Jane. I think you're super, super inspirational how you've done all these amazing things during lockdown and you're still smiling and laughing, which we love. So that's uh, brilliant. And, you know, people are so kind. You know, people are kind as in they've supported you with you starting your business, you're supporting people yeah. um, with the school and then people have supported you during your run. Um, mm. And so, the, you know, the kindness of people is amazing, isn't it? And just to say one thing, I was talking to someone this morning, sorry, um, talking over our guests again. One thing um, I was talking about is things that happen to you, and even people don't realise, people who've had lovely childhoods, whatever, things that happen to you when you're young influence you. And it might come out in your 50s, whatever, later. It's so true. I was talking about this yesterday to Susie Kane, and I was saying it was such a positive thing they were doing with the kids yesterday and about the food and the summer activities they're doing this amazing summer school for these kids and and it's all free for them to access and th things that happen when you're young influence what you do later in life and like you were saying about going over when you were 10 and seeing the injustice and I have a friend who's in HR and she said she couldn't stand injustice as a kid even in the playground she'd get involved and she it's loads of HR people that's their character they mm. like to see things done fairly you know yeah. That was really, and about the school as well. Like everything you do now, you can see where it's come from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good, amazing. Okay, so we're going to move on with our show and we get to Red Face. So, San, Red Face moments. People so, only listen in to listen to your Red Face. That's so unfair, but I'm a bit concerned. So, um, basically, very unusually, considering I have been out and about, I haven't got a red face moment over the last seven days I can recall. However, I've been invited to do something this tomorrow, which is a bit of a phobia of mine, but it's also an opportunity. And the person's reassured me massively, and I think, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give this a go tomorrow. So I'm going to feed back about it next next week. And I said to me, son, you'll never guess what I'm doing tomorrow because he knows it. And he said, brilliant. And I think in his heart, he was thinking, oh, my God. And he went, yes, do that, Mum. Anyway, then I said, I just hope it isn't a repeat of the incident at Church Street over the zip wire. <laughs> and he went, and when I used to work for a charity, Jane, I worked for the ADHD Foundation, and I organised this thing that everyone, all these people would go down the zip wire, and they were all there, and I got my kit on. But I was a bit nervous. I was okay, but then I thought, Oh, I'll be, and anyway, I didn't realise how high it was. And when I'd gone up, I was like, God, it's really high. And then the fella decided to crack jokes and he was going, ha ha, it'll snap and stuff. Oh. Well, that was it. But he didn't realise because I'd been like smiling and he didn't realise I was like nervous. So I went, ah, no, that's it. <laughs> and ran down the stairs. I swear to God. I've never ran so fast in my life. And he said, he shouted, I said to him, all I heard was, you'll have to do the walk of shame down Church Street. With and I went, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, and I just had to read that. And I said to him, I don't want a repeat of the Church Street incident again. So we'll, we'll see. But um, positive mental attitude. So that you wasn't You an amazing time. Lad, if I do that, I'll tell you what, that'll be That's going to be your success next week. We'll share it with everybody next week. Yeah. That'll be your success of the week. Brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. Things yeah. baby Jesus and whoever else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Jane, yeah. have you got any red face moments? Well, I've just remembered, actually, about something that happened to me when I was 21. I know that was a long time ago. But oh, nice. I remember, I remember um, so I worked in the library buildings and we had a, a club in the bottom, you know, a pub, like a big social club. Yes. Um, so I had me 21st in this social club. Mm -hmm. And um, all the girls got me one of these Tars and the Tars and O'Gram. Do you remember those? Remember them? Yeah, the Kissograms. Yeah. Oh. The kiss the ground, but this was a Tarzan, you know, because I'm Jane. So you oh, right. okay, that went right over my head. Jane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, they're like dancing away, you know, as you did in the seventies. And then the lights all go on, and this guy comes in, and he and you hear this big noise, whoa, you know, and all the girls go, it's the Tarzan ground. Oh God, no! So this guy runs in like this, and he runs out, goes, "Where's Jane?" And they all go, "There she is," and he comes over. And he tries to pick me up. Well, he was the skinniest Tarzan you've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly. 
He was thinner than me. He had less muscles than me. And he come running over and I said, you won't be able to pick me up. And he goes, I will. That's what I do. I pick you up and, you know, have a photo and that. And remember the photos where the instant cameras. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so he picked me up and he dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped me. Right. <laughs> and so I'm on the floor like that, skirt up here and everything. And I'm on my 21st, you know, I'm supposed to be gorgeous. And um, I'm on the floor. And then my mate, Karen, she picked him up and went beyond. <laughs> So that's my photo of my mates holding Tarzan. That's so nice. I think they'd have checked before he got <laughs> And then she put him down and she said, you're not getting a tip. You better get out before you get lynched. <laughs> the best bit of that story is me and me picked him up. <laughs> yeah, that is the best bit of the story. Are oh, you both? <laughs> so I normally have one of those stories every week, Jane. <laughs> i've been all right this week I've, I've done nothing i don't think um that i can think of this week i've been quite good this week yeah okay so we have a shout out to the grown-ups okay sandra what grown-ups do you want to shout out to? well shout out defo to kevin and um kevin morland and susie kane yesterday from and hayley tate who's a gp who's absolutely amazing as she was with those kids massive shout out to them and also 80 this is a young person so we put on our facebook page this young lad from um he came from syria three years ago and he got a scholarship to st mary's in crosby and he's just knocked out top grade a levels been in england three years you know amazing and also bear in mind how he's had to study and what's happened over the past these what the kids have been through the past 16 months or so so he's just done amazingly well so a massive massive shout out to him brilliant jane have you got any grown-ups you want to shout out to um well i'd like to give a shout out to me mom actually that's all oh. right Yes. So she's uh, she's 82. So like most older people, you know, she's been through this lockdown and, you know, had to stay at home and all the rest of it. But she's super fit. She's out there with her walking club. She's at the choir. She's back in life. Uh, and um, she's always pleased to see us when we go and see her. So um, that lovely. Great. So well done, Mum. Brilliant. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and I think you need to give a shout out to your big son as well, who's just hasn't he just graduated with a Yes, that's right, yeah. I suppose he is an adult now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me me uh, my son uh has just graduated with a two one honours degree in economics. Oh, oh that's so, mental. Okay. Yeah, just just got his graduation and he's got a job as well, working with an accountancy company. Oh so not he's um yeah, he's had a few weeks off and he's going to start work in a couple of weeks. So, um, brilliant. Welcome to the real welcome. world, son. Yes. <laughs> and your lovely girl as well, isn't it? She's done amazing, hasn't she? Yeah. So, she's in her second year at university and she's doing German and business studies. So, she's got good grades. She's at Sheffield. So, she's due to go back in a few weeks. And um, yeah, she'll be spending next year in Sheffield and then the next year in Germany. Yeah. So, How good uh, is that? Mm. So, you know, I thought Sandra, she's one for you to have a little chat with, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, and I clock everyone whose kids are doing. I know when I, when I heard that, it's like she speaks German. I was like, ooh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good yeah. for language like, Sheffield as well, which is brilliant, isn't it? Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to the Granby Toxteth gang um, today, mm -hmm. who who delivered all the fruit and, and everything for the children and made the event really successful. And Autism in Motion, who have been guests of ours, Joe and Hannah, um, they've been having a, a summer camp, um, you know, every day in, in Autism in Motion St George's building. Um, and they had 35, 35 kids in today, which is um, phenomenal, you know, and they fed them all. And the mad scientist was there and he did experiments with them all. So they've got all these like amazing activities on and it's lovely for the parents as well to have a little bit of um respite as well so the, the kids are there but the parents are there as well they stay with them but the parents are all a support network for each other and they just do an amazing amazing job so i've just seen the time and we're running very very short on time so we're going to just go to our closing quote jane so something 
that you live by, a mantra that you live by that you're going to close the show with? Okay, so one for all the busy people. Um, and this is, uh, this is one which I used to hear all the time on the airplanes. Apply your own oxygen mask first. Mm. before helping others so that's so true amazing leave a little bit for yourself brilliant so i want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with us today jane you've been absolutely amazing and thank you to sandra for being amazing as always and um, we'll see everybody next week thank you very much for listening thanks a lot guys thanks see you soon bye and end